What a weekend it was for the Memphis Grizzlies with Ja, without Ja, Memphis gets wins. In Los Angeles, in Phoenix, Memphis gets wins. On national television, not on national television, Memphis gets wins. Jaron Jackson Jr. showing his growth as a player. Desmond Bain, ice water in his veins. Vince Williams Jr. go on and get signed for the year then. It's a fun Monday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Virginia Commonwealth University, stand up. If you rep VCU, you should be smiling a little bit brighter on this Monday because your boy, Vince Williams Jr., showing his worth to the Memphis Grizzlies and then some. But we're going to talk about that and so much more on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Monax. Thank you so much for being with me wherever you are, whether on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening, if you're watching. It is a bright and sunny, shiny Monday. Thanks in large part to the Memphis Grizzlies picking up two unforeseen victories. If you remember correctly, going back to last week, I was a little concerned about the start of this seven-game stretch, saying this would define the Grizzly season. So far, so good. Hopefully that energy can continue. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Again, I am your host for this episode, Joe Molinax. No to Michael Cole for the last time. Again, to Michael, busy with his work over at the Commercial Appeal. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. He will be with us on the Tuesday edition of the show, barring illness, but he is feeling better. I know after talking with him, he'll be with us Tuesday and he'll be with us the rest of the week. He'll fly solo for the Wednesday show and then Thursday and Friday we will be together. So we get to Michael the rest of the week, but we're going to start solo with me, Joe Mullinax. And that's not so bad. It's not to Michael Cole. But again, I've been covering this team for a long time, going all the way back to 2013, second decade now covering the Memphis Grizzlies. So um, we're, we're going to have fun on this Monday talking the good of Grizzlies basketball, which is certainly nice. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. If you're an everydayer, or this is your first time coming to check out the show or somewhere in between, I speak for DeMichael, certainly for myself when I say thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times for choosing us to be a part of your NBA content consumption and Grizzlies content consumption experience. It is much appreciated. So. Let's start with the Phoenix game, shall we? We'll start with the most recent fun and work our way back. And my favorite thing about the Phoenix game is the fact that they just blew the doors off the Suns in the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies win the final frame on Sunday evening, 35 to 18. They almost double up the Suns in their building. Now, Phoenix has had trouble at home. They haven't been the same team at home that they are on the road. Phoenix is a roughly 500 team anyway, but they haven't been as successful at home as maybe you would expect a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal to be. And it's important. Again, we talk about context. John Morant did not play in this game 
for the Grizzlies against the Phoenix Suns. Shoulder issue is in a sling. You know, hopefully DeMichael will have some more information for us on that on the Tuesday edition of the show. Maybe it was just precautionary. Um, and I'm sure there will be additional reports that come out after this goes live. But anyway, um, no John Morant on Sunday night. So we understand more than anybody in Memphis, fans of the Grizzlies, what that context means, right? The Suns underperforming in part because they haven't had their big three together. And they, you know, had them tonight, right? Which was a, uh, a wonderful development for Phoenix. Not so good for the Grizzlies. And one of the reasons that this game was such a, an upset, such a wonderful moment in the season, you know, on Friday night after the Grizzlies beat the Lakers, and we'll talk more about that game. Don't worry. I haven't forgotten about the Lakers win. Uh, we're just starting with Phoenix. I said that the Lakers win was the best win of the season. And then the Phoenix game happened, and now <laughs> the Phoenix game is probably the best win of the season because it comes without jaw, right? It comes without jaw Morant. And that has been such a touching point for this season. The Grizzlies clearly better with their best player. And it's been more prevalent this year than it's ever been before because of the reality of no Tyus Jones, who I have said numerous times was the best substitute teacher in the NBA. If you look at his numbers, he was not a good reserve point guard. Don't give him that credit. Give him credit for being an extremely good replacement starter. But he was never going to be the starter for the Grizzlies, so they moved on, which made total sense. And they have Marcus Smart now, which super fun to watch Marcus Smart play. Life would be very boring if all you had was predictability. And Marcus Smart is an unpredictable player in the best way. In the best way. Better than Dylan Brooks, at least for now. Maybe I'm still in the honeymoon stage. That's certainly possible. Maybe in the comments you can tell me how crazy I am to enjoy the Marcus Smart experience. It's possible I'm still in that honeymoon phase. He shot terribly from three. Well, maybe not terribly. Four for 13, that's around 30%. So not the best shooting performance for Marcus Smart in this particular contest. When we talk about the Lakers game, it's a different story, right? But Smart is in a situation where he is asked to defend so many different types of basketball players. And he, alongside Vince Williams Jr., is super fun to watch in that way. Super fun to watch. Because Vince Williams Jr., who we'll talk more about here momentarily, has a long wingspan like Marcus Smart does. They are a very dominant perimeter defensive duo. They can switch just about everything. Really active. Vince Williams Jr. makes those heady winning plays on the glass. Nine rebounds for Vince Williams Jr., but Smart. Had six rebounds. Smart had eight assists. And Smart, why he was brought to the Memphis Grizzlies. That is why he has been tasked with being that fourth or so best player on this roster. Because he has been to where the Grizzlies want to be in terms of the finals of the conference and the NBA finals. He can make those winning type plays, those grind, grit plays, that is Marcus Smart. And that's also Vince Williams Jr. You know, and Vince Williams Jr. has done something that I think is one of the most impressive pieces of all of this season. Is Vince Williams Jr. is going to force the Memphis Grizzlies hand to before the trade deadline. Vince Williams Jr.'s time with the Grizzlies is technically going to be up by rule of his two-way contract. 
And Vince Williams Jr. has more than earned a full-time roster spot with the Memphis Grizzlies. How the Grizzlies get there, they're going to have to do some sort of consolidation trade. But they cannot afford to just say, all right, thanks for your service, Vince. Head on back down to the Memphis Hustle G League team in South Haven, Mississippi. That can't happen here. And it's not going to happen here. The Grizzlies are going to have to do something. Because Vince Williams Jr. played 37 minutes in a game that the team desperately needed. Only Marcus Smart. Oh, excuse me. Check that. Own, yeah, only Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain played similar minutes to what Vince Williams Jr. did for the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday night. You cannot pause, and that's coming off of an injury. He did not play against the Lakers. John Moran played against the Lakers. Vince Williams Jr. did not. Vince Williams Jr. played against the Suns. John Morant did not. And it might sound wild and crazy to say those two names in the same sentence in terms of importance. And obviously, John Morant is more significant to this team than Vince Williams Jr. But you know who, have the, who has the best two net ratings on this team? John Morant and Vince Williams Jr. Those two guys have been very beneficial to winning almost every time they've been out on the floor. And that was true of the Phoenix Suns. Jaron Jackson Jr. continued his dominant performance. He was probably the MVP of the weekend for the Grizzlies. We'll talk more about Jaron towards the end of the show. Desmond Bain hit big-time shots late against the Suns. Only 23 points, but five assists, five rebounds. Jaren, or Bain, a quieter offensive performance for him. A stronger showing for the bench, not just Vince Williams Jr., but Zaire Williams had a good weekend. Santi Aldama continues his cold streak. But it, it was a sign of rotation tweaks in terms of the Grizzlies only playing eight guys, double-digit minutes. Taylor Jenkins knows this is an important stretch, and he knows that this team needs to win some basketball games. He is putting it out on the line, as are his players, 2-0 in this seven-game run where I said the season was basically going to be defined. I think I, I might have said that they would be favored in one of the games. And they would be maybe one in six was possible. Well, that's impossible now because Memphis has already won two of the seven. Good energy and good positivity. And the Phoenix game was a wonderful example of that because they fought. They closed. They finished hard. They were down by double digits going into that final frame. And they came back and knocked off the Suns in their building with Beal, Durant, and Booker all playing. Durant was questionable to play, but he did. Durant logged 36 minutes. Devin Booker logged 37 minutes. Bradley Beal logged 37 minutes. Their best three were on the floor. The Grizzlies did not have their best three on the floor, and yet Memphis picked up the win. That is major for this team. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. I know you're like me, and you hate when you want to get tickets for an event, and it's a hassle, Right? all sorts of surprising money that you have to pay. You can't find seats. You don't know if they're any good. You don't get a view from that seat. It's hard to find last-minute tickets. Well, it was hard until game time came along. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have phenomenal last-minute ticket deals through their zone deals and flash deals. You can see the seat view before you buy the ticket, you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And again, 
The game time guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're going to talk about the Lakers game. Of course, I didn't forget about you, Los Angeles. You're going to get the good vibes from Memphis on this Lockdown Grizzlies Monday as well. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax flying solo once again. DeMichael Cole will be back for the remainder of the week. Very excited for that. He'll even get a solo show in. He had a few a couple of weeks ago. I'm not trying to make it sound like he didn't, uh, but it'll be great to have DeMichael with me on our Tuesday edition of the show. Again, hopefully some updates on Ja. He was in a sling on Sunday. He bumped into the stanchion, I think, at some point in the Friday game against the Lakers, which we're about to discuss. Hopefully he's okay because, you know, as fun as the Phoenix game was without Ja, it's going to be a lot more fun to try to put this run together that Memphis needs to do to get back into the playing conversation with him. So hopefully a speedy recovery for Ja Morant is in the future. Uh, before the Grizzlies beat Phoenix on Sunday, they beat the Lakers on Friday. And it was on national television. It was on ESPN, the mothership, right? And it was another impressive showing from Jaron Jackson Jr., who, again, we're going to talk more about at the end of our program today. But I want to point out, I mentioned Marcus Smart earlier. Marcus Smart gave off Dylan Brooks vibes in the Sunday performance offensively because of what he did on Friday. Marcus Smart shot a lot of three-pointers against the Phoenix Suns. A lot of three-pointers against the Phoenix Suns. 13 threes. He shot 14 threes against the Los Angeles Lakers. So an important point to make is while the Grizzlies in part made their comeback against Phoenix and in part beat the Lakers by leaving open the guys they wanted to shoot the three and those guys missing those shots, Marcus Smart was the guy that the opposing team was trying to leave open, and Smart was taking advantage of that, especially against Los Angeles. Eight made threes for Smart, a phenomenal number. Desmond Bain going five, Desmond Bain, excuse me, going five for eight from beyond the arc. That's not surprising. That's what Bain did in Los Angeles. Again, on ESPN, national television, Bain had a really good game. 13 assists to only three turnovers. Career best in terms of assists for Bain. So showing how his great his game has evolved, I always knew coming out of TCU when I was uh, doing my draft work and following what Bain was, I believed in his handle and his creativity offensively more than a lot of other people did. He's better than even I thought he would be at this stage in terms of what he's able to do off the dribble, both for himself, that nice little hook shot that he takes now that he's added to his Rolodex of offensive moves. It's in, unguardable. He may not always make it because it's a tough shot, but he makes it a heck of a lot, or at least it feels that way. Uh, but Bain going five for eight from three, that's not surprising. John Morant going free, three for seven, eh, that was kind of surprising against the Lakers. That was nice to see because teams are going to keep going under those screens on Jaw. But Marcus Smart, eight for 14, that's not sustainable. Even Jaron Jackson Jr., five for six from three, not sustainable. His ability to get to the basket and finish, hopefully that's sustainable, and we'll talk more about that here in a moment. But the main guy that I want to focus on in this part of the show is Zaire Williams, because Zaire Williams did some good things against the Suns, didn't talk about him as much because his numbers weren't as eye-popping. 
Vince Williams Jr. had some eye-popping numbers in terms of his career best. Zaire played the role, at least offensively, of Vince Williams Jr. against the Lakers. And Zaire could have been better in rebounding. He only had one rebound against the Lakers. Zaire actually had four against the Suns, so a better performance all around in Phoenix. But Zaire has had a good run of the last couple of games. You could probably say it's his best two-game stretch of the season so far. It's not a coincidence that he's playing better now that John Morant is back, but again, John didn't play against Phoenix. Zaire still helped contribute to winning in that Suns game, was on the floor late because of his length and his defensive versatility. Against the Lakers, he showed off his offensive game in transition. He's an excellent baseline finisher off of alley-oops. He's done that numerous times over the last couple of games. It would be great if Zaire Williams could be this player. Zaire Williams doesn't have to be R.J. Barrett. He doesn't have to be Kevin Durant. He doesn't have to be Trey Murphy III, although it would be great if he could be. He needs to be a functional rotation player that can help this team win basketball games. And we haven't seen that very much this season, to the point where DeMichael and I, who used to be two of the biggest cheerleaders for Zaire Williams, have kind of acknowledge the need to move on and maybe that happens and maybe it doesn't if Zaire is here and as long as he is here he needs to continue to show that he can both defend and be an offensive force two for six for three from the against the Lakers but then one for five from three against the Suns Zaire has a great frame and he's going to continue to get better in terms of his mid-range finishing at the rim I have total faith in that because of the physical gifts that he has. But he has to be a perimeter weapon for this team. If he can't be, then he's not able to be on the floor consistently. Right now, it's working, and I hope it continues to work. It's a win-win in terms of the Grizzlies. If Zaire continues to play and they decide to not trade him, and he keeps playing at this level, fantastic. That's great. He's helping them win right now. Zaire was a plus 10 against the Lakers. And Zaire was a plus five against the Suns. So a plus 15 for the weekend. The Grizzlies scored 15 more points when Williams was on the floor. Sweet. If they do decide to trade him, he's working up his trade value. If you're the Detroit Pistons, if you're somebody looking at young wings, Zaire's sewing flashes, right? So Zaire Williams was the bench weapon against the Lakers. And it's a good thing Zaire Williams existed because the thing that was concerning coming out of that Lakers game is as good as the starters were, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 31 points. Marcus Smart had 29 points. John Morant had 21 points. Desmond Bain had 24. 105 total points across those starters. The only other bench player that scored a single point for the Grizzlies, other than Zaire Williams' 15, was Xavier Tillman's at one point. The Lakers out or the Lakers bench, not too hard because they had, you know, Christian Wood, Max Christie. They could have, in theory, outplayed the Grizzlies bench if the Lakers weren't so starter dependent. They only played seven or eight guys in that game as well, the Lakers. But the Grizzlies and Lakers bench were comparable, and the Grizzlies starters outplayed the Lakers starters, and the Lakers starters included LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's a major reason for Memphis being able to pull off that victory was that, again, 105 points across Jackson Jr., Smart, Morant, and Bain. That's not going to be sustainable. You need more from a guy like Asante Aldum. Maybe we can talk more with DeMichael on Tuesday's show about Asante and his current struggles. 
But it was good. And, and Luke Kennard, 0 for 3 from 3. Now, he made three threes against the Suns. That's good. But the story of the Lakers' win was the big four and how well they were able to outplay the Lakers' starters, which included two of the best 10 to 15 players in the NBA in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The other three guys were Austin Reeves, who did play well, in fairness, but Cam Reddish and Torian Prince. Memphis was able to find a way to knock off the Lakers. They knocked off the Suns 2-0 and over the weekend. A big deal. And they did it in very different ways, right? John Morant helped the team win against the Lakers, and then it was more of a team effort uh, spurred by a pretty impressive, again, the, the big three for uh, the Grizzlies, 25 for Marcus Smart, 25 points, uh, 23 points for Bain, 28 for Jackson Jr. So a good weekend for Marcus Smart, a good weekend for Bain, and a good weekend for the guy that we're going to talk about next here on Lockdown Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe not going to be a Defensive Player of the Year repeat winner, but his evolution is helping these Grizzlies win now. We're going to talk about that here momentarily. But first, here on Lockdown Grizzlies, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. The playoffs are rapidly approaching, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is extremely easy to use. If you haven't checked it out before, I highly recommend you do so. There are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find very popular parlays across sports leagues and games, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the action with FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup as the NBA season grinds along and the NFL playoffs get underway. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're going to close out the show shouting out Jaron Jackson Jr.'s evolution, becoming a more well-rounded player, and the dividends that it's paying for the Memphis Grizzlies. Stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, once again flying solo for the final time, at least for this week. Flying solo. Again, DeMichael will be back with me on the Tuesday episode. Looking forward to talking with him. Hopefully some John Morant injury update news. Uh, we haven't talked as much about Santi Aldama Charlotte because it's a positive Monday, right? we got good vibes. we got good energy. We've got Marcus Smart scoring a combined, goodness gracious, 29 points against the Lakers, 25, 54 points from Marcus Smart. Looking like a shooting guard. Which, you know, is a little bit of fool's gold. He's going to cool off at some point, but a really strong performance from Smart. Talking about that positivity, Vince Williams Jr. forcing the hand of this front office. I don't see how they let him go back to the G League. He has to be put on the roster full time. And that means they're going to have to make a trade because the roster is full as we speak. Uh, something we can talk about in the episodes to come here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But right now, you know, Desmond Bain gets a lot of shine. If the Grizzlies were a better team, he's probably the all-star representative, understandably and deservedly so. But I wanted to close out this episode talking about how Jaron Jackson Jr. is evolving offensively before our eyes. Now, obviously, he is the leading, reigning, defending uh, defensive player of the year from this past season. That's probably not going to continue, right? Rudy Gobert is having another really strong defensive year. There's other candidates that have more impressive defensive numbers this year in terms of blocks. That's what Jaron was really elite at last season was the, on the defensive end, <clears throat> that, that block percentage. 
it was always unrealistic to expect him to repeat that, right? And he is currently at a rate that he hasn't seen since his sophomore year. He's at 2.8% in terms of his block percentage. Still pretty good, 80th percentile. That's above average in the NBA, but it's nowhere near 4.1 or 5.1% like it has been the last couple of seasons. The main reason for that is Jaron is seeing an increase in his usage. He currently is at a career high per cleaning the glass, cleaningtheglass.com in usage. He's among the highest usage rates of any big in the NBA at 25.7%. He's not scoring at the rate that you would expect in that, in that area, right? His, his points per shot attempt, not as, uh, as high as maybe as you would think. 116.2 is below average in the NBA, 33rd percentile. So maybe you're wondering as you listen, well, Joe, you keep talking about this guy's evolution. Where is he getting better? He's getting better in terms of creating for others. He has a career best 8.7% assist percentage, and that was before his six assists against the Phoenix Suns on Sunday night. So I'm sure that number is just going to go up. Again, look at the stat line for Jaron from the Phoenix Suns game. 28 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, right? Yeah, he was 11 for 14 against the Los Angeles Lakers, but again, nine rebounds. Everybody that has clamored for wanting to see more rebounding from Jaron Jackson Jr., 19 boards over the last two games. He's averaging almost a double-double. An extremely small sample size, to be sure, and it's not necessarily something that he is going to continue to be able to do over the long haul. If you've been watching Jaron Jackson Jr.'s career, you know better than to expect that to happen. But, this is a very important but, the fact that it's happening at all, the fact that he is getting six assists and almost doubling his career best assist percentage, he's understanding the teams are double teaming him. He's finding open shooters. He's creating off the bounce, not just for himself, but for others. We've talked at times this season about his increased isolation scoring. You can give Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball around the low block out to the mid range and let him work. He is currently one of the best in the NBA at that very thing, among the likes of Kevin Durant, among the likes of Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. This is not hyperbole. Jaron Jackson Jr. is finding his footing as an unguardable mismatch hunter. That doesn't mean that he's perfect. There are times where you would like for him to be more aggressive, especially on the glass, but you can't complain about that right now. And in terms of his two-point shots, again, he has room to grow there even though he's improving. Even though he's getting better, there is still space for him to grow. He is currently, before the Phoenix game, in the 20th percentile in effective field goal percentage. 13th percentile in terms of shooting percentage at the rim. He is in a position where he can get better at converting these shots at and around the basket because only 36% of his uh, shots come there. He is still more of a perimeter-based player. He's six foot 11, 245 pounds. He wants to be a winger or a guard so bad, but I hate to break it to you, Jaron. You are a Swiss army knife. You're a weapon. You're a guy that can do it all. And I think it takes time Different amounts of time for different guys, right? I think Jaron on the defensive end has obviously figured it out. 
And he's still that defensive force, not the same level that he was in the past. And it's likely a one and done defensive player of the year. But I think Jaron Jackson Jr. would rather be in the all NBA conversation. And again, if the Grizzlies were better, if John Morant didn't miss 25 games, if Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play a position where Nikola Jokic and, you know, Joel Embiid and so many other great things, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, the list goes on and on of guys having tremendous years. So maybe not Anthony Davis, the aforementioned who we talked about earlier in the show. So Jaron maybe isn't all NBA, but he is a better two-way player this season than he was last season. And that is a sign of growth. He is not a defensive specialist. I've talked about him numerous times in the past as the best two-way player on the Memphis Grizzlies. He is currently one of the best two-way players in the entire National Basketball Association. And that is a level up for Jaron in and of itself. So Jaron Jackson Jr., the MVP of the weekend. Again, Marcus Smart had a wonderful run himself, but it's hard to not give it to Jaron. Effective and efficient scoring, continued growth on the glass, being that rebounder that so many people have criticized him about. It's not like he's elite in that area either. He still needs to get better. He's actually posting some career worse numbers as a rebounder, or at least not as it hasn't been this bad since his rookie or sophomore seasons. But he's still showing growth and he's getting better as this season goes on. You got to remember, he's 24 years old in his what sixth NBA season. There's still room for him to develop. It's happening before our eyes. We have to appreciate it while it is there. Hopefully it will be there for a long time, but again, we're approaching these guys as primes. Got to keep that in mind. He is still getting better. Make sure you are checking out, if you haven't already done so, Locked On Sports Today over on YouTube. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows to cover each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The next time we are together, it will be a we. Once again, DeMichael Cole and I will be riding uh, as the dynamic duo once more. Hopefully an injury update on John Morant going into an important Tuesday game against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dallas hasn't had to see Jaw yet this season, just like Phoenix didn't have to see Jaw this season. Hopefully Luka Doncic and company have to deal with Morant on Tuesday night. We'll talk about that, maybe some Santi Aldama woes, and we'll get more and more information from DeMichael and maybe some uh, – maybe. Who could be on the outs in terms of potentially being moved in a Vince Williams Jr. type of deal? We talked about that a little bit, and I'm sure it'll be a continued point of conversation here on Locked on Grizzlies. YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, do the same thing. Hopefully you're an everydayer by this point. You're going to be coming by each and every time an episode drops. But if you're not, if this is your first day, hopefully you make it a day two with our Tuesday edition of the show. And again, if you are here each and every time Locked on Grizzlies comes out, DeMichael appreciates it, as do I. Thank you for joining me on this episode. Again, a sunshiny, happy episode of Locked on Grizzlies because of the massive wins for Memphis in Los Angeles and Phoenix over the weekend. 2-0 and over this huge seven-game stretch. Hopefully those good vibes continue. Come back for even better vibes with the Michael Cole back on the show on Tuesday. Thank you for being with me today. Stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. Have a good one.